time for the Susan Taylor Podcast, where we discuss the yoga of mind, medicine, and healing. Author of Feeling Good Matters, Sexual Radiance, and the Vital Energy Program, Dr. Taylor imparts authentic knowledge and practical tools that inspire, educate, and empower us to be a healing force for positive change. So join us and take your life and our planet to the next level. Hello, and welcome to episode 159, Hardwire Your Brain for Confidence and Happiness. Did you know that our brain can change and this change is measurable? And we know that it takes about 40 days to establish a new brain circuitry and actually rewire your brain for confidence and happiness. I've been speaking about training the mind with meditation for quite a while now. And in today's episode, I'd really like to send a reminder that we can indeed change our patterns to be hardwired for confidence and happiness. Meditation, as we know, is a process I've talked about of purifying the mind and making it one-pointed, inward, and tranquil. So today I'd like to start with rewiring our brain, and then I'll talk about the essence of meditation and its practice. The rewiring of our brain is called neuroplasticity. You've heard me say that before. And neuroplasticity involves two components, neurogenesis and synaptogenesis. That's the growth of new neurons and the new connections that occur between neurons. Research shows that we can enhance this new growth through our habits, namely activities of our thinking and doing. And this may be called, I like to call it self-directed neuroplasticity, because we can actually choose how we feed our brain and what we feed our mind. And ultimately, this will reflect in in our feeling and our thinking. So self-directed implies that we can choose what habits we want to do to fulfill the need of nourishing our mind and brain. Simple practices that have been shown to enhance positive brain changes, though, revolve around contemplative awareness, meditation, mindfulness, even reflective self-inquiry, which is like we ask ourselves, well, who am I? What's my purpose in life? What do I want? What can I be grateful and thankful for? Since we can rewire the brain, we can actually shape our life to move in the direction that we choose. And when we take responsibility, we become authentic and have that integrity to rewire the brain as well as our life for happiness, inner prosperity. And in this case, we'll talk about even confidence. Any feeling and thought that we have has a direct representation in the brain, and you've heard me say that before, and the process is immediately. You know, whatever becomes that habit for the 40 days, these feelings and habits become hardwired, and our brain our brain has that hardwiring. That's called long-term potentiation in the neuroscience world. I'm not a neuroscientist. But I like to report on this because we do meditation and its practices to enhance brain function and really to rewire our brain. When we make a daily systematic practice of meditation, we not only rewire our brain for the better, but these connections become, and that's what I meant by when I said hardwired. The result of this habit is more confidence, better moods, and focus. The very ingredients that are needed for our health and well-being and even our success in life. 
And what does this tell us? Well, that there's hope. There's hope that you could change your brain and we call it neuroplasticity. So your brain, that's saying that your brain is capable of change. And many years before, many decades before, neuroscientists didn't believe that you can change your brain. In fact, if you're born not able to grasp some knowledge, you were supposedly stuck with that or born unhappy, you were unhappy the rest of your life. Born with anger or hostility or being even panicky or anxious or depression. You were supposedly stuck the rest of your life with this. That was your baseline. And we found that that's really not true. We all do have a baseline, but the baseline can change, even though in the past they believed that that baseline couldn't change. And whatever we get in life, and this is a very interesting concept, whether it be fame, power, money, prestige, and just and any of those things that we see in the outside world, these things really don't help to really change the baseline. They give you that gratification, but they don't change the baseline. And we know that because people that say win the lottery, well, they're happy for a few years and then they fall back to their original baseline because these external stimuli or accomplishments or grandeur things really don't change our baseline. You know, we find a partner, we get really happy, whether it be marriage or not. And how many years does that last before we really have to work with our baseline and make the relationship work? So these are the kinds of things that I'm getting at that we want that happiness, that confidence in ourselves of who we are and the happiness to really be planted and rooted and get it from the inside, not from the outside. And that's the way we really develop and we begin to really enjoy life and enjoy being well. You know, we want to create a new road. And that new road is what neurogenesis is all about. And that's the first important point. And the second point I'd like to make is how we change that baseline through meditation. The meditation is really about awareness. We have love and compassion meditation and developing wisdom, but it's all about awareness. Awareness is the key to what meditation is exactly. So I always say the essence of meditation is awareness. And what does awareness mean? It means knowing. I've heard a master say once that meditation is a process of purifying the mind and making it one pointed inward and tranquil. And through the method of meditation, the mind itself will lead you to the essence of your being in the highest state of realization. And this all occurs with awareness. So how does meditation practice help us build confidence, focus, and the ultimate sustaining of happiness? Well, Meditation practices mainly emphasize the importance of focus or concentration. And the reason why concentration is a foundation and it's really needed to manifest what we want, what we've come here to do. Concentration really just implies focusing our awareness or consciousness towards a point, excluding thoughts and sensations. So we're in that place of just being. Instead of thinking, we're being. 
So we may become tense and agitated when we attempt to bring our mind back home to do this, frustrated, we lose interest and hope due to our failure in the process. But meditation is hard. It's not easy. It's not going to happen with a quick app. In other words, it requires practice. I can certainly attest to the being driven to distraction. After all, there's a lot of things going on, right? From yesterday's happenings to our future imaginings. So we're told to just sit and breathe. That's what we're told. And we're, we could notice the awareness of even our breath. And then we're aware of the endless stream of thoughts that come. And many of them are connected to each other and they create that steady vibration. So keep in mind that that's normal because our mind's tendency is to wander. And it's true, wandering happens. That's what the, the mind wants. Wander and really doubt. The mind likes to doubt. So the key is concentration. And it's possible only if a person is really relaxed mentally and physically. Even relaxing the mind. And until relaxation is achieved, true concentration, focus, any of those things are not are just really impossible. So with a systematic training in relaxation, the practitioner will experience the spontaneous flow of this conscious awareness. So you really don't want to ask someone, and I never do, even in classes, someone to meditate when there's tension. We always have them do some practices before to release the tension and then start meditation. Remember, meditation is a practice, and it's not something that happens right from the beginning, unless you're very lucky. It's also not mindfulness, it's not relaxation, it's not listening with a headset, different tones and pitches for that matter, anything that implies an instant method. I remember someone saying to me early on that they've achieved meditation with a computer program. They indicated that their experience of one week was equivalent to 20 years of meditation. This is nonsense and don't believe it. Our culture does expect quick results, but we have to put the effort in. So to learn meditation requires commitment to learning and a lifestyle that supports the practice. So let me just end with giving you some points to enhance a practice for those of you that are already doing it. And if you're not, let's get started now. Be vigilant when it comes to practice. You wanna choose a clean, well-ventilated space, free of through traffic, not in the middle of the living room or the kitchen. Don't expect immediate results. Ask yourself, how long did it take you to learn how to read or play an instrument? It took a while, so don't expect immediate results. It's a practice. Don't let progress get sidetracked with imagining spiritual happenings. Everybody wants to see things and things that happen. No, just don't, don't get sidetracked by that. You want to be being, not thinking. Spend time each day to practice systematic relaxation. And if you find yourself saying, I don't have much time to meditate, then stop and be aware that it's not your priority. If you find yourself saying that meditation is not easy, then you're off to a good start. We create excuses to feed our egoistic mind because the ego wants to believe about who and what we are. It takes charge and it creates problems for us actually. And finally, just sit in meditation and don't try to see lights, images, colors, or anything that you think needs to happen to be in meditation. Just learn to sit still in complete darkness and let the light arise within you in its own time.
and I mention that in my book, Return to Radiance. The time is here that each and every one of us must really learn to meditate if we're going to ride those waves of the current changes that we're seeing in society. Meditation as a therapy, and that's the way we teach it, gives us access to the highest form of the healing force that we have within ourselves leading to transformation. So enlist, if you're just starting, enlist, or if you'd like to have some guided meditation, enlist in our 21-day guided practices to get started. And you could find them on the website, susantaylor.org, under the Meditation Center. And you can download them for yourself. They were very useful for many on YouTube in the past, and now they're in our center in one spot. You don't have to wait the 21 days. They're all there. So that brings us to the end of this episode. If you'd like to be notified weekly for new podcasts, please subscribe. The Susan Taylor Podcast is available on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn, and also on susantaylor.org, where you could click on the podcast to subscribe. Contact us at susantaylor.org if you have any questions or comments or feedback. And thanks again for listening. I look forward to hearing from you. But until next time, remain calm, consciously aware, living in the moment.
Hello and welcome to episode 157, Get Back Your Go, From Separation to Connection. From Separation to Connection. Hello and welcome to episode 157, Get Back Your Go, From Separation to Connection. Wow, you know, we've completed our 21 days of guided meditations for positive energy. And it was wonderful to get all your comments and your feedback. And it's giving me inspiration to go forward with more work and more programs for all of you. Uh, What I hope that you took away from the 21 days for those that took it is the strength and healthfulness of being positive. Remember, I had said that the body, mind and spirit do indeed work in conjunction with one another to give us access to that inner radiance that we're looking for. And that's our field of positive energy. For those that do want those recordings all together, you can get them at our center. Just go to susantaylor.org forward slash center and you can get it. It's one of the courses there and you'll see 21 guided meditations. Well, in today's episode, I'd like to discuss how nature heals our mind and body, how we're disconnected from our own nature, and tips that will get us back our go. Well, what happens when we lose our inspiration to create and live with positivity and fullness? What actually happens when we lose our inspiration to create and live with positivity and fullness? Well, deep down within our core, We do indeed know that we're not feeling well or not feeling like we really should. We don't have that that go, that feeling of enthusiasm. And more importantly, that feeling of health and vitality. And rightly so. We've just gone through uh, quite a turbulent time, I would say, in 2020. Also leading a little bit into 2021. So it's understandably so. Well, let's look at one of the best ways to start bringing ourselves back to feeling good. And that's what I'm going to talk about today is really stepping into nature. We know that it's good for the mind, body, and soul. You know, from indigenous adolescents, you know, completing the rites of passage in the wild to even Eastern Asian cultures taking forest baths. People have really looked at nature as a place to restore energy and enhance personal growth and really get us leading to a place of self-transformation. We need to heal and nature can really do that for us. And you know, healing implies to make whole, to come back into balance. It's what we do every day when our metabolic functions regulate to accommodate our changes that occur from moment to moment, from the foods we eat, the thoughts and feelings that we have, and the actions that we take. There's no question that we all need to heal, meaning we all need to be in balance. If you feel disturbed, distracted, or plainly stupefied, which translates into being tired, depressed, anxious, angry, regretful, and everything in between, we do need to heal. Hence, that's why I always use the word heal, the healing power of meditation, take time to heal, self-healing. Healing is a real potent word. So how does nature heal us when we're disconnected from this ancient wisdom? So then how does nature heal us? And where we have disconnected from this ancient wisdom that 
is really within ourselves. Well, first let's look at, well, first let's look at how do we disconnect? How did we disconnect? Well, remember in the 1600s, if you've read in the history books, we have Descartes, he described humans as machines. The Western world moved from a holistic to a reductionist model, starting to direct science towards studying individual parts disconnected from all other fields. We've seen that in medicine through the several, several decades. And we created a world of separation from our whole self leading to what we now see the root cause of all our suffering. Take a look at our economy, for example, driven by maximization of profit at any expense, meaning that not taking a look at what these profits cost us in our health, our longevity, and the whole planet's health in waste, pollution, biome loss, plant and animal devastation. We've lost our sense of accountability. We've even disconnected from what our actions produce. And the consequences are felt more and more clearly as we enter present day where we are now. Our technology habits are also separating us from our true nature. You can't embody knowledge from an app. You could embody, you don't embody anything actually, but you can just get information. So with this separation that we've established, we've lost our wisdom. And then I'll just define wisdom. What is this wisdom that I'm talking about? Well, wisdom comes when we're connected to our inner realm and where awareness arises. That's what I mean when I say return to radiance. It's where we're present and experience, as I said, that radiance, that light. And for meditators, that light does come after practice over time. Wisdom is not the same as information or intelligence. You can't get it from reading a book or going to a lecture, and that's for sure. We can learn how to operate a cell phone or a web app by reading a manual, but with anything related to the arts, music, dance, and of course meditation, you have to have the experience to access those inner depths of your own being. What we're finding now is that people read a manual and then try to embody the information, and in some cases even teach, we see that. And it doesn't work. Information is only information. Experience is what gives us the knowledge. And that pure knowledge arises from the experience, which develops into wisdom. Wisdom comes from within, and it can't be duplicated. It's that simple. So how do we reconnect to this place where we connect to our wisdom, where our inner awareness arises? Well, I always say meditation, of course, but I'm trying to make this more universal. And that's where I'd like to talk. That's where nature comes in. No one can argue that a walk on the beach or a mountain range or even a walk in the park is not rejuvenating. In fact, research has documented the positive impacts of nature on humans thriving in all aspects of life. Many studies have even shown that being in nature living near nature, viewing nature in paintings, out your window, on videos, has a positive impact on the brain, the body, our feelings, our thought processes, even our social interactions. In particular, viewing nature seems to be inherently rewarding. It produces a whole cascade of emotions, positive emotions. 
positioning these emotions and calming our nervous system. So it goes into that positive uh, vortal, I like to say. These in turn help us cultivate greater awareness, connection, and even resilience. We become wisdom-oriented, not information-oriented. So what I'm saying here is science has taken note that some human beings seek out nature knowing that it's good for our mental, social, emotional, and overall and personal well-being. Our current status, we find that many people are disconnected from nature, which is reflected in the disconnect from our own self. It's a huge handicap for kids. You see these children not in touch. They're in touch with their apps or their iPhones, but they're not in touch with the natural world. And that applies to every living being. And a handicap for anyone for that matter, if we're not in nature or have some form of nature. And I'm going to talk about tips to get us back into nature, even if you're living in the middle of a city. Going back to nature and connecting with nature can keep your mind happy and positive while helping you stay connected to yourself. Nature helps us awaken that connectiveness that we have into our own nature and our own spirit. Nature helps us awaken the connectedness we have with our nature and our spirit. And especially, again, I'm going to emphasize at the present time, it's vitally important to connect and deepen connection with nature. We want to be rooted in life like plants in nature. We want to flow through life like those that live in the sea, soar through life like those that like to take flight, and illuminate ourselves with the brightness of the sun's fire and light. These are all from nature. Nature is a reflection of ourselves. We use practices and until they become second nature, it's a natural way of being in nature. So we use these practices to connect us to all of those uh, emotional feelings that we have or sensory experiences, but also connecting to that deep deepness within ourselves. On the spiritual path, it's really to sense the radiance or perhaps what we can term the aliveness that we have within ourselves. That's the beginning of the invisible presence of who you are. And that's inseparable from everything else. It's, it's on the spiritual path, it's really to sense the radiance or perhaps we can term it the aliveness within. That is the beginning of the invisible presence of who you are that is inseparable from who you are. So here are some tips to reconnect with yourself by being in nature on a daily basis. If you have a pet, you know, spend a few minutes, if not more, each day being totally with him or her, not on your phone or talking while you're petting the animal or showing attention or thinking about something else. I see people walking their dogs and they're on a cell phone. No, be with your, your pet, your animal while you're engaged. Just connect. Second, if you have a plant or if you don't, maybe you should get one or maybe two. I like plants to be together. I have uh, lots of plants. I, I love the succulents. So I have many jades and many aloe plants. And I always put them together with each other because they like the company of each other. And there's much research on the energetics of plants. I won't get into that now, but they do grow better when attended to when you give them your attention. 
Their leaves become shiny, they become bright, and they grow. They grow very, very, uh, very, very well. They thrive just with a little bit of attention and talking to you each day. The third is go out into nature, not your yard. The third is go out in nature. It could be your backyard, a park, anywhere you could take in the sensory experience of what I talked about, the colors of the trees, the colors of the grass, the colors of the snow, if there's a lot of snow or lack of color. But there's always that dynamic of the colors with the reflections that we get and that are very, very good for the mind. Don't tap into music or anything other than the environment itself. I live by the ocean, for example, and I go just to hear the waves on some days and the stillness on other days when there's no swell. So the key is here to just be present. Even looking out the window is fine for those that can't go out. Just bringing in the beauty of the sky, for example, would be going into nature when you're fully present. And the fourth, and how we do become present, be aware of your breath and the one who's doing the breathing. For many of you, the feedback on the meditations was related to the calming breath. Everyone became very calm. And just bringing your breath, breathing in when you're in nature, breathing in to nature and let nature breathe into you is a very, very wonderful you know, practice to do. Just spend a little bit of time doing one of these each day, if not all, and see what happens. See if anything shifts for you. I'm just going to make a mention here for those that wanted the guided meditations for positive energy for your own library. I created a playlist on susantaylor.org and you can go right to the center. And for a small donation to support the efforts, you can actually get all 21 of them so that they're there when you want to listen to them. If you haven't done so already, you may want to look at my book and that will help put things together in a very systematic way to return into that positivity that we all need. It really serves as a program for the moment and where we need movement, breath, and it also includes 21 days of menus for a radiant mind. And that brings us to the end of this episode. If you'd like to be notified weekly for new podcasts, please subscribe. The Susan Taylor Podcast is available on YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and also susantaylor.org, where you can click on the podcast to subscribe. Contact us at susantaylor.org if you have any questions, comments, or feedback. And thanks so much again for listening. The Susan Taylor Podcast does come out every week. And again, questions, comments, something you might want to hear, just contact us. And until next time, remain calm.